When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. y'all we are live from breckenridge brewery the dnvr draft podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated download it today use the promo code dnvr when you sign up amazing it, it is draft season we have mock drafts coming out mel kuyper's first mock of the spring is official we're going to be talking about risers we're going to give some takeaways from that mock and then we are beginning the position preview portion Crazy. of this let's go Diving into our top five tight ends. We'll give a couple of sleepers as well. Great to be here with our longtime partner, Breckenridge Brewery. The vibes are immaculate over at the farmhouse. If you come in, mention DMVR, you can get 10% off your order. We've got the yeah. Rocky Show live after this. We've been going live since 11 a.m. It's beautiful. All kinds of stuff popping. First things first, boys, how's it going? Got a couple of drinks. I got to imagine everybody's feeling pretty good as of now. Yeah, you're the one who's arrived latest, had to podcast the latest as well. So it's good that you're here to drive the show. Um, (laughs) Of course, you also get to spend more time here at the farmhouse, huh? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I I didn't have to do as many shows, but I feel like I got to catch up on the the drinking portion of the afternoon (laughs) since... You know, I was late. I had to play catch up. Justin is definitely caught up and done his fair share. I'll I'm, say I'm in, oh, I'm in wow. the mix. Oh, wow. That's great. I love that for us. Um, yeah, position previews already. Who would have thunk it? And I swear there's more risers now that we're two weeks removed from the season than there's been all year, which is always hilarious and classic. And, uh, yeah, it's that, it's that bittersweet time. It's our time, but it's like, man, just two football games this weekend. It's, it's good we got to get back into the tape, huh? Yes. Grind a little tight end tape. You, you were in, in your happy place doing that, huh, Jake? I, I felt at home. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It took a little extra motivation yeah. to get into it, but once yep. I got into it, it was like, all right, we're back. It's time. Let's do it. The boys have been a little busier to dig into the tape this year, but it was nice getting to it finally, yes. For sure. This is the time, man. This is what it's all about. So with that in mind, let's just kind of jump right into the conversation here start diving into some of the risers that are of note. We've got a list here that Dre put together. A couple of uh, not surprising guys, in my opinion, whether you're looking at uh, Tuli, uh, Tulupiotu out of USC. Dog. Yeah, yeah. Absolute dog. Dog. Insane pass rusher. 
um, really disruptive, has the potential to play three downs. He's probably who stands out the most to me out of these Mel Kuyper risers. Yeah. But whether you're looking at Byron Young, the Alabama transfer that's really broken out on the edge for Tennessee, uh, Derek Hall at Auburn as well, there's a lot of really mm -hmm. a nice natural edge rushers that are kind of shooting up the charts here. What stands out to you guys about some of these guys that we have as far as the risers go? Well, I'll tell you, Tilly Tui Piloto. I mean, he already said he's a dog, but, man, he impressed me so much. Just watching back all the USC games throughout the year just wreaks havoc, man. And yeah. as you said, can kind of play all over the line. I think um, when it comes down to it, probably classified as an edge, I think that's probably where his talents are best suited. But he's a versatile guy. He could play the five-tech. I don't know if he's big enough to slide down play the three. Uh, I was going to say, would he make sense, yeah, in an odd front as the five-tech, you know? I, that might be play. his most natural spot. Yeah. Because he, he's not that smaller, bendy edge. But, shit, right. I felt like every time we talked about USC, it was like, oh, and I got to mention Thule, who I have trouble pronouncing his name. But he was one of the league leaders in tackles for a loss all yep. season. I, I think he was up there in terms of Pac-12 sacks also. He may have led the conference. He was leading them deep into the season, I know for sure. Well, right. you just like the versatility you get with him. He's impactful in the run game. He can set the edge. Agreed, I'm not sure he's a five-tech at the NFL level, but he yeah. has shown the, the ability to play the interior, at least at the collegiate level. Yeah. You like that just from a strength standpoint, You know, demonstrating mm -hmm. using his hands. It's not all just being able to beat somebody off the snap. Really effective tackler in the open field. That's kind of the thing that stood out to me about a couple of these risers here, whether it's, you know, some of these edge prospects or, you know, even at corner, we have Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois. Yeah. These notes here. He runs really well at 4.3940. So long. But, yeah, that's the thing. He's so lanky. Solid open tackler or solid tackler in the open field, excuse yep. me. Yep. Really just feels like a modern corner, what you want. He has that length, he has the physicality, and he's demonstrated the ball skills as well. Five interceptions in his career, three this past season. He's a playmaker. That Illini defense was fantastic this year. They were ranked one of the best Illinois football seasons in my lifetime. And Witherspoon, I loved you mentioned the tackling. I think of all the clips you'll watch of him, that's where he pops the most Absolutely. is when he lowers the shoulder. And um, yeah, and I, I really think like, now we're settling in. Cornerback is one of the most up to you who cornerback. Like, Kylie Ring right. Keely Ringo could be your CB5. Mm -hmm. You could have Joey Porter, Devin Witherspoon, Gonzo, all those guys higher, you know. No one would blink an eye. It does feel like Witherspoon's really starting to kind of get his, you know. And he's a guy. Uh, all those guys I mentioned, I'd love for one of them to fall to Denver, you know, in the late first if they don't give up that pick for Sean Payton, you know. So, um He's a guy who's really caught my eye lately, yeah. And he feels like he has a good chance to be there. Like, while he is a riser, you know. Hard to say. Well, yeah. I mean, you could see. Hard to but say. I still, feel, I still feel like Joey Porter's probably going to be that cornerback one. He is for me. He is for me. I mean, I know he can get a little bit Consensor? handsy. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm on the Gonzo train. Yeah. Gonzo's second half was impressive, man. He's so clean, man. I love yeah. the clean technique, guys. Always have. Always will. So that Georgia tape's an anomaly for you? Guys get beat. I mean, that yeah. Georgia offense is unreal. I mean, well, we'll get into one of those guys today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's spectacular, yeah. Well, and I mean, we've talked about it a bunch on this pod. It's, it's not just the talent, it's Todd Munkin and his ability to scheme some of these guys open. Yes, they have raw talent, but they also have one of the best pure play callers yeah. in all of college football. 100%. He's in the mix for the Buccaneers. Yeah, job, report like. today. So, That's really interesting yeah. to replace Letwich. Um, on, they're so lucky to have Munkin. So lucky. To me, it's like 
people maybe underrated how important Brian Dable was to that Bills offense. Well, look at look at what they were like this year. How much right. Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, and of course, of all, Josh Allen suffered without him. I wonder how much that'll happen once Munkin leaves Georgia. And you're now missing, you know, Stetson Bennett, who's right. you know been right. the the architect behind this yeah. offense. He's he had A.D. Mitchell transfer out too, five-star wide receiver, made a play yep. in the natty. It's true. It's going to be interesting to see if Georgia can keep up this offensive potency in the next couple of years. I uh, Just a couple of more risers here before we kind of talk about this Mel Kuyper uh, mock draft a little bit more. Uh, Derek Hall, I think, out of Auburn is a guy that yeah. really just feels like a natural fit at edge at the next level. Where are you guys at on him? Um, his, his pass rushing stats are very impressive. All power and strength, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's more of a consensus at the top of that edge class. Obviously, with Will Anderson, it seems like Tyree Wilson's kind of separated himself. But then once you get into that late first, there is a really big group that Hall is part of, that Brian Young or Byron Young is part of. Um, another guy we have here, Keon White, out of Georgia Tech, is kind of in that mix. The USC kid, B.J. Ojolari's in that mix. Nolan Smith is in that mix. There's a lot of guys at edge who will be around in that late first, early second. And Hall feels like maybe less upside than some of those guys, less, ex less explosive, less bendy, but brings the power, brings some consistency, brings some moves, and gives you a little more of a refined product coming into the next level. Which, again, teams drafting in that late first. That's what you need. We need to compete right away. So next time Von Miller goes down, I've got a backup who I trust, like Hall, Buffalo you know. Buffalo could have used right, him. Right. I mean, look how that defense falls apart as soon as you lose that dynamic portion of your defense. Just having a guy, yeah, maybe he's not necessarily going to be like a double-digit right. sacks per season type guy, but he's going to be a serviceable player at the next mm -hmm. level. He feels like a solid fit late first round. Maybe he slides into the second, and at that yeah. point you love the value. 100%. Kind of diving into this mock by Mel Kuyper, um, one thing that stands out, no quarterback going first overall. He does have Chicago making a selection. He has them taking Jalen Carter, the dynamic defensive tackle out of Georgia. Yeah. Carter's stock has kind of been all over the place, depending on where you're at. I've seen some people that call him the best player in this draft. But of course, Kuyper does. To me, it's still Will Anderson. Like, if you're talking about the most, I don't know, at least on paper, can't miss prospect defensively. But adding somebody like Jalen Carter into that middle of that defensive line, I mean, in theory, that solves a lot of the issues that this Bears defense had, which is they couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't get off the field. They couldn't stop the run. Yeah. I mean, lost in how bad the Bears' offense is and how much help Fields needs is the fact that that defense was actually horrendous last year. Yeah. You get the, the ability to rush the passer. I mean, I don't know if I definitely see Jalen Carter as a guy being out there, you know, three downs his entire career, but potentially you know, he, he could be a really versatile guy in that defense that makes a big impact. Yeah. Uh, QB1, he has CJ Stroud going second overall to Houston. It's interesting. Has Bryce Young going fourth overall to Indianapolis. At five, he has Will Levis going to Seattle. And then at nine, Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback, going to the Panthers. What stands out to you about these quarterback class? I mean, I'm, I'm still firm on my position as Bryce Young as QB1, but I can live with a world in which C.J. Stroud goes number one. I still have a hard time seeing Will yeah, Levis. Levis go over either of these <laughs> yeah. guys. Or a rich in the top ten. That would be so frustrating. It would be very rich. That's for sure. <laughs> Great way to put it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's an interesting way to look at the quarterbacks here. I mean, I can't get mad about C.J. Stroud at two. Bryce Young at four is fine. I do like that landing spot to the Colts, though. That feels like a he can rely on J.T. in the run game. And, yeah. you know, they can kind of hide that height disadvantage a bit. Right. Um, Will Levis to five at Seattle. Just feels like they're setting us up for a kick in the nuts for Will Levis to actually be good and just double whammy for us. Um, At least right now, though, if you're a Broncos supporter, you feel better about that top five pick going on a project quarterback and not Bryce Young, not Will Anderson, not Jalen Carter, something like that where he feels like... Or C.J. Stroud. That's the four, man. That's the four you really can't stomach losing out on. If you miss out on Will Levis, like... come. I can, hits, hits, I can live with that. But it's, it's far from a guarantee, yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. it feels like those top guys just feel like such solid picks that mm-hmm. it, it just, as a Broncos fan, it'd be, it'd be hard to take. Uh, Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle one, seven to the Raiders. Him going top ten I don't think would be a shock at all. Um, Got to see those hit, that arm length, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. if nothing else, he's the best guard in the class, so. Yeah, I mean, if you land a Quentin Nelson-type prospect, yeah, especially totally. getting it at totally. seven versus three or four, I think you're feeling a lot better about the possibilities. Especially someone who you feel like in a pinch can play at tackle for you. And, of course, you know, the Northwestern kid who uh, who went to the Chargers a couple years ago, Rashawn I think Slater, has, yeah. Yeah, has really changed that the way we look at length and how important it is at tackle, you know. Shoot, before he went down, man, he was he was looking great, looking like Absolutely. a real steal. And that oh, was yeah. a pick that we were fairly skeptical of even at the time. You know, it's like I like his raw abilities, but does he have the size and arm length to translate? Exactly. It's going to be interesting with a lot of these guys. Um, does have Devon Witherspoon going 14? Not surprised there. What stands out to you guys here? 13, though. Jackson Smith and Jigba, first receiver off the board. Uh, this is what I've been waiting for. I mean, Quinton Johnson, I think I would still put it wide receiver one. It's early. We haven't done the wide receivers yet. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, is, this is his range. Yeah. People keep throwing him in the top of the second yeah. round, you know, 31 to the Chiefs and stuff. I don't think so. I think he's going to be a mid-first rounder when it's all said and done. And I just uh, think there has to be a premium on those top three guys, Smith oh yeah. and Jigba, Addison, and Quinton Johnson. I think they're so far and beyond the top guys. I mean, I've said that in a trade down, I could see the Bears targeting Johnson. Yep. Right now in DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet the top wide receiver taken. Johnston and Addison, equal odds at plus 140. Smith and Jigba plus 200. It's just a matter of time before that conversation starts of like, did you know Olave and um, you know Garrett Wilson were actually not the best wide receivers right. on Ohio State right. last year? Was this kid? Yep. You know, and it's what's it's what we did with Devontae Smith with uh, Ruggs and Judy like yep. a year later. You know, so I think that's coming, and that definitely stood out to me as well. Yep. Eighteen Christian Gonzalez to the Lions. I love that fit pair him mm-hmm. with Okuda. Um, Tuli Tui Piloto at twenty-one to the Chargers. Hate to see the fit. Love the player though. Um, and then the big one for me was actually number 31, Kansas Zay City Flowers. Chiefs, Zay Flowers. I know there's probably a consensus top three at receiver. Do not sleep on Zay Flowers. I've been telling you guys for two years, yeah. this guy is amazing, and I'm hyped to see him in the first-round conversation. And Over I think Jalen Hyatt, though? Yeah, it's tough because the size thing and the speed thing, but Zay's got it down with the route running and just like the nuances of the game, I think. Is A2, is Zay Flowers too much like Sky Moore and they need more of that speed demon like Hyatt to replace Tyreek? Possibly. I mean, 
Zay is definitely more well-rounded. I think oh, you yeah. can throw him out there and he'll work all three levels. Well, and he potentially gives you another guy that you can work some targets in within structure. I mean, we talk yes. so much about yeah. so much about what makes this Chiefs offense dynamic is Mahomes' ability to improvise, the scrambling. It's that chemistry he has with Travis Kelsey where you turn a broken play into a 17-yard gain for first down. What the Chiefs need more of is just a guy who's going to get open off the snap. And right. I do think Zay Flowers is a guy who... Whether you're lining him up in the slot, you're putting him out wide, you can just do some creative ways to get the ball in his hand. Yep. He's an impressive athlete. Not the biggest guy in the world, but you get him the ball in space. I do think he can make some impressive things happen. And nobody's better at using those type of guys than Andy Reid. So yep. I guess, you know, it, it feels like if, if Andy Reid is in on a guy like him, it, it would make me nervous. What would you hate more, Zay Flowers being drafted by the Chiefs or Jim Harbaugh being the Broncos next head coach? <laughs> um... I'd hate Jim Harbaugh being the Broncos head coach. Oh, boy. Wow, that's selfish, bro. You're I'm selfish. Sorry. I am selfish. You're selfish. What can I say? <laughs> uh, 26, interesting fit also. Bajon Robinson to the Cowboys. The only running back he has gone in the first round. So Jameer How's Bijan keep dropping, man? I'm, I'm not. It's it's not right. Hey, man, he's going to rise and come combine, though. You're I agree see the completely. Raw numbers and you're going to see him in the shorts doing his shifty moves, and it's going to be like, okay. Top 25 lock. Actually, I remember when we were doing this with Christian McCaffrey. You know, right. this is where he was getting mocked, where Bijan got mocked by Kuiper. And Brandon Cristal was working us for us at the time, and he was like, I've, I think by the time the combine's over, he's going top 15. And yeah. he went top 10, obviously. Um, and, yeah, I could see Bijan working out exactly that same way. He's just too dynamic. You just can't. like. He's right. a three-down back that also arguably gives you the best option as a pass catcher. Like, as much as I love Jameer Gibbs and think he can be an Alvin Kamara type, yeah. you know, Swiss Army knife that you line up all over the field, line him in the backfield, line him up wide, line him in the slot. Like, Bijan has just been so consistent over such a large body of work. I guess maybe if you're a little bit hesitant, you worry about the workload and just, like, being able to keep this up for a long period of time. But... Man, he feels like such a solid, just can't miss type running back. Yeah, yep. for sure, hundred percent. I mean, and he's got some specialist. If you want to bet on the NFL draft odds, you can do it with yeah. our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's go. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. If you're not a new customer, don't worry. You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. I, I tend to lean more Philly-San Francisco. I think that with the run, rushing props you get out of Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey, there's just a little bit more predictability in terms of building your SGP. You don't really know what you're getting with Mahomes' health. That makes me a little bit yeah. nervous. Yeah. I did see... If you're feeling frisky, if you are if you want to back Patrick Mahomes, plus 800 for Patrick Mahomes to have the most passing yards this weekend. Mm. Low-key, I kind of like that. Yeah, like it's juicy. If they do beat Cincinnati, I do think it's going to have to be on him. I don't foresee like right. a Jordan Pacheco 200-yard game. I think it's on Mahomes if they do finally snap this streak against Cincy. We'll see. Our guy Dre has been very in on Joe Burrow and these Bengals. Three straight wins over the Chiefs. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook yes. app. Use that code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on the conference champions. Get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. With that code DNVR, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
Also, shout out to our friends over at Jive Hive. It's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E there, virtual dispensary on wheels that have convenient and low prices. Um, they offer you the privacy and security you would need to deliver straight to your home, or if you are, say, a lawyer or a doctor, someone else in a high-profile job, they can deliver your order secretly. Also, if you're already at home partying, you know who to call. Jive Hive. Don't drive Jive Hive. Just visit jivehive.com. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. And get your order delivered the same day or schedule a delivery window. We'll be there to say hi. Head over to jivehive.com and enter your address to find out if Jive Hive can deliver to your door. Now serving Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Don't drive Jive Hive. Finally, shout out to the homies over Breck at Breckenridge Brewery. Brewery. Yeah. Come on, baby. That's where we are. Come on. Right here, right behind us, the farmhouse. It is popping. Guys, Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice-cold Breck Brew on deck. They've oh, yeah. been doing it for 32 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. What up, Cody? Made with 100% renewable Cody, energy. We love that. And we just love the endless variety that they offer, whether it's Mile High City Golden Ale, Funslinger, their new collab with Never Summer Snowboards. Uh, just a classic Avalanche Amber right Ale. Look at this design. Look how pretty this is. Beautiful. Go check out the gear as well. Breckbrew.com. Check out the Breck Beer Locator to find a Breck Brew near you. I yeah. could use a Breck Brew right now. I'll tell you what. Boy, You're in the right place. Good thing we're here. Yeah, yeah. It's true. I'm imagining um, they have some in stock. Yeah, walk into <laughs> the bathroom. It was nice seeing posters of the Hoot Nanny, you know, oh, which yeah. we've talked Nanny. about here. Flashback. Yep, flashback. We've got a tight window. Rocky's coming up. Uh, let's get into it. Really fun tight end class. Yes. I think it's the first tight end class in a couple of years. I'm going to have multiple first-round grades. RK in the background. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you look at a couple of these guys, and they have the ability to be day one mm -hmm. contributors. And tight end is a position that historically takes a little bit of time to translate. I mean, whether you look at Kyle Pitts or even, you know, Trey McBride, Mackey Award winner, it took him a while to find his groove in Arizona. It's a position where, you know, the physicality of the linebackers, the speed of the DBs, it just it takes a minute to kind of find your groove. That said, a couple of these guys, whether Michael Mayer of Notre Dame, we're all really high on Darnell Washington of Georgia. Man, there are some potential game breakers, and that's yeah. not even getting into some of the most proven guys in Dalton Kincaid and Luke Musgrave out of yep. the Pac-12. Yep. I have to imagine, though, at number one, I would think we're in consensus. Maybe not. I've got Michael Mayer of Notre Dame. We're not in consensus. Then. Not in the good. Not consensus. That's more fun. Yeah. Give me the case. Who's number one? We always assume we have a consensus, yeah, and then it. we'll do this, and it's never so different. That. And I love that so much about this exercise. So who's your one then? Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid Utah. out of Utah. Complete why? Uh, I think probably the best combination of receiver and blocker in this draft class. I think he's got a lot of Greg Dulcich to him. That's when I fair. watched him play, just downfield ability, sneaky yep. athletic, got some speed, um, savvy in his routes, savvy in the receiving game, but also savvy as a blocker, I feel like. Um, he's effective without being dominating and just pancaking guys. He knows how to use leverage to his advantage. Uh, plays as a lead blocker quite often, too. He's not your everyday tight end prospect. Uh, he was their primary move receiver at Utah. He yeah. was always used in motion. Even on like those pick plays where you have like the three wide set, the wide guy motions in and it's like a pick play on the goal line. He's that guy for them. He's my tight end one. 
he was their most effective pass catcher in all the big moments for two years now. Like, he yep. was their go-to guy. Over Brent Keithy, yeah. who's a great tight end himself. Great tight end. His tape's stupid sometimes. What That USC game's just stupid. Yeah. The guy yeah. gets open at will. What a knack for it. Watching him. For a while, I thought, oh, he's Zach Ertz. Solid then call. I realized, like, he's got more of a gut than Zach Ertz. And I realized he's Dallas Clark. Okay. You guys remember how wow. dominant Dallas oh, Clark yeah. was uh, with Peyton in that really explosive offense? I think his potential as a wide receiver, as a receiving tight end, as a guy who can get open and be your go-to guy up the seam in the middle of the field, is Dallas Clark-esque. Um, also limited natural tools. He's undersized, true, you know. True. So, um, so I really like Kincaid. He's my second tight end. He, he's one of the two who merits a first-round grade. For me, the top guy is Darnell Washington. Wow, um, rare combination of highest floor. His floor is high, yes. guys. Yep. He, he might have the highest floor of any prospect in this entire class. He's not. We haven't even scratched the surface of what Darnell Washington can yep. be, right. and that's because of Brock Bowers. Right. Like they literally, the talent that they have in that tight end room is absurd. Like in, yeah. a, in a different, they yeah. legitimately might have tight end one this year, tight end one next year, and a 100%. guy that could be a top five pick. And oh yeah, you look at Washington's stats; they're not going to necessarily blow you out of the no, water. Not at all. So much of what he had to do was being that lead tight end, blocking, setting the edge yeah. for those Georgia running backs. He can be a three down effective guy to move the sticks. You trust him in pass protection. Mm -hmm. You trust him, you know, in goal line scenarios of, of sealing that edge and getting that push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a physical freak. He is everything that this position has become now, yep. where it's size and speed and just like, in a different world, this guy's playing power forward in the NBA. Yes. Very true. Yes, he's 6'7", 270. He moves so naturally, like he's really pretty smooth getting open over the middle of the field. And I was just watching him and thinking like, this dude is exactly what NFL scouting is all about. It's about finding guys who are just like, can overwhelm the level they're coming from physically and trying to hone and coach that to really take it to the next level at the next level. He's a freaky blocker. The upside as a pass catcher is very high. Um, his yak ability running with the ball in his hands is like, like scary. Like yeah. I would not want a relative of mine out in the open field trying to tackle this right. man. He, he might try to hurdle you and run you over. Oh, yeah. His aggression and dominance in going to get contested balls is, like, freaky. And then he's a better blocker than a lot of the O-linemen in this class. Oh, yeah. So I just think the, the floor is insanely high. Like, no one's ever said, like, Daniel Graham wasn't worth a first-round pick. He won a ton of Super Bowls, had an amazing NFL career, but was mostly a blocking tight end. That's his floor to me. His ceiling is being just an all-world dynamic weapon. Now, it's not twitched up. He's never going to be, yep. like, the top receiving yep. tight end in the league, but I think he's got the tools to be very high-end in that aspect as well. That's exactly why I have him at three. So I went uh, Kincaid, Mayer, who I'm assuming we'll talk about next, and then Washington. Yeah, we sure should. Um, like you said, just insanely high floor. Super impressive as a blocker, man. I mean, yeah. Justin said it. The, yeah. You can see the trust they have in him in pass protection on the goal line. They run behind him at the point of attack. Yeah. Um, They'll move him around, right? Oh, like, yeah. little pull, and then he's the yep. lead blocker in space. Yep. Yep. Tremendous lead blo blocker. Uh, has great drive and is folding defenders when he blocks at the point yeah. of attack. 
especially when he comes across on the split zones and he's getting that edge coming across. Right. It's they're erased. Um, I had him at three because of the passing game. Tight ends have to be a factor in the passing game. He can be a factor in the passing game for sure. I just don't know year one, year two, you're probably not getting someone you can rely on in the passing game. So that's why I had him down there. But as you said, the ceiling is through the roof. Um, these top three guys are in a class of their own. Yeah. I mean, and tell us what, what sold you on Mayer. Because he's, I feel like he's the classic, checks off a lot of boxes. Left me wanting a little, just a smidge more when I put him under the microscope. I think my biggest concern with Mayer is that I don't know where we go from here. Yeah. Like, I, I think we concern. essentially have seen assessment. what Michael Mayer is going to be. And that's a very effective pass catcher in the open field, a physical mismatch for just about anybody that tries to cover him. He moves well. He's got soft hands. I don't know if I trust him to be like a three-down tight end in the way that I would trust Darnell Washington, Dalton Kincaid, even Luke Musgrave of Oregon State, who I have at fourth. A sleeper guy who I'd like, if you could get him in the third, fourth round, oh, man, like I'd, I'd be feeling really good. Musgrave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Mayer. We'll get into him. Mayer, I just feel like from a pass-catching standpoint, day one is the most yep. complete mm-hmm. threat down the field. Like, I could plug him and play him in this offense right now, get 50 catches, six touchdowns, 800-something yards. Like, he's going to be an effective tight end. Whether he's going to be a Brock Bowers or a Kyle Pitts or some of that type of stuff, I don't know. And that's why I'm a little bit hesitant. Like, you see some, he went 15 in Kuiper's mock, has a lot of top 20. There's a large part of me that would rather have Darnell Washington at 30 than Mayer at 15, but I just think knowing what you have in him as a pass catcher right now in modern football, it's hard to go against that, particularly like if that is the one thing you need. We just need to attack the middle of the field a little bit more, a couple more red zone options. I just feel like he's a really dangerous tight end in the modern league. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Um, Probably the best combination of size and just athletic ability, I think, in terms of just being a receiver. Route running Um, even, right? Like at that size is pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah. I left him at two because just the past three years, his catch radius has been on display countless times. He's made insane one-handed catches. He's got the body control to do it all. It was the blocking for me that kind of held him back. He can get a bit too outside the shoulders and... You know, he's going to get popped for some holding calls in the league with that. He's not the best in terms of staying square, you know, hands inside type of thing. Um, you can tell it's, like, not what he desires to do. Yes. Like, some tight ends, Trey McBride, like, you could tell he enjoyed blocking. Darnell Washington, while we think he can be more effective as a pass catcher, you can tell he embraces that role. Yeah. I don't really see that with Mayer, and maybe that's right. not fair. Maybe he just needs more experience and refinement. I'm not sure he's like that three down a guy. Like we can trust him in any scenario, pass pro, pass block, you know, set the edge. And what you said off the top, Dre, I think it's a little bit of prospect fatigue with Michael Mayer. We've known about him for three years. He's been making insane plays for so many years. And now we come through and it's like, oh, Washington's the guy, you know, all these guys we're getting enamored with in the process. But you go back the last three years, the most impressive tight end outside of Brock Bowers, Michael Mayer. Yeah, I mean, what you guys are saying about the contested ball stuff and, and the catch radius, I think, is on point, And that's combined with being a really savvy, like, getting open. And the size is there. Like, the size yes. is there, man. He's a broad-shouldered, Six, four big and a half, boy. So even the upside as a blocker, you know, like, right. you can, you sometimes it doesn't work out and they're no fans. Sometimes it, work out, it works out there. David Njoku, who to me yeah. is, like, kind of a dog now yeah. in, the, in the block game. So we'll see how that pans out. 
aside from the contested ball stuff, the catch radius, how much is he dripping with special? I, yeah. The prospect fatigue comes from me of like every, uh, every year there's a Max Williams, you know, there's some guy who's like, oh, he's the top tight end, he's a first round guy, and it's like, man, they're not all just first round worthy. Right. Sometimes you're just like a good, solid second rounder, good top 50 pick, and we'll see how it pans out, but maybe there's not much more than that. That's my big question with him. Good points. Moving on, uh, I got Luke Musgrave of Oregon State at four. I think we finally have a consensus there. there. I have him at five. Oh. Yep. Who do you uh, got over him? I've got Sam Laporta from Iowa. Yeah, he's a good watch. He's uh, a good watch, man. Am I going in on Musgrave or Laporta right here? Go in on Laporta. Tell us why he's ahead of ahead of so Musgrave for you. Laporta, I think, profiles as a complete Y, which is like, which is why I like him over Musgrave. I think we'll get into Musgrave. Well, Laporta's got the size, 6'4", 249, played in that Iowa offense. Um, man, he's got the, I told you, Dre, he's got the most Gronk-like ability in the open field in this class, I think, in terms of just throwing guys off of him, running through arm tackles. He may not jump over guys like Darnell Washington, but he is so hard to tackle. Um, he played all over the field for Iowa. Slot, split wide, in line. Um, has the toughness and strength when in contested catches. He's not super explosive, not particularly light on his feet, but he's a different player with the ball in his hands. Uh, I'll say that. The routes, yeah, you could, you would like some more burst, maybe a little bit more, uh, you know, shiftiness and bend. It is good, but um, yeah, that's kind of where the drawback is. He's a little Dulcich-esque to me. Yeah. Like uh, the end product result is better than what the lead up suggests it may right. be. You know, because yeah. um, you're right. Like once the ball's in his hand, he's kind of a dog. Like, yeah. He's, He's a fun watch, yeah. man. He's a fun watch. Uh, played as their Wildcat quarterback, too. I mean, he, oh, they're is, moving he was their around guy. a ton. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And, of course, the, the offense was putrid. Yes. Like, Awful. that's a rough watch. Awful. Yeah. Yeah, which is an issue with some of these guys. Um, what enticed you so much about Musgrove? Finally, he's going a little bit against his conference pride, like huh? Yeah. <laughs> I just, when you watch that Oregon State offense, similarly to Dalton Kincaid in Utah. Yeah. You know, obviously Oregon they, or Oregon State, they ran the ball well, but any time that they needed a big play through the air, it was Musgrave, and I just feel like his ability to go up and make those contested catches in traffic. I don't know if he's Gronk in the open field, but he's hard to bring down. He runs hard. If you try and arm tackle him, he's certainly going to go through you. He just feels like a really complete player, and I like the value. So whether it's him or Tucker Kraft, the South Dakota State tight end, who I have at five, who's just a really natural pass catcher, to me, they just feel like solid middle-round targets that, you know, maybe the upside isn't quite there of, you know, Washington, Kincaid, Mayer, but you're getting some really great value and a guy that you know is going to be able to contribute in a major way. You see Musgrave in certain situations, and shit, he reminds me of Mark Andrews. Yeah? Just scary, but, like, stuff, I mean, like, yeah, he's, he's so long. He's... He gets open in the middle of the field. He's like, a mismatch in select situations yes. to the point of like, oof, oof. And he's savvy. Look, like he always like finds that, that on my space. football team, you yeah. know. Yeah, he is. He is. So it's just that he's a reliable receiving tight end. You really like him, and I like, I like guys coming from that Oregon State offense. I like yeah. that like attitude you're bringing with you of like we're just gonna play big boy football, get ready to line up and get smashed in the mouth because that's what we're ready to do for a hundred plays a game. You know, mm -hmm. um, that entices me. And so for a slight edge on just height, length, natural tools, he's getting an edge over Laporta. 
But Laporta's way up there. Yeah. And Tucker Craft? Tucker Craft, South Dakota State. Um, you saw him live last year. Yeah, he's a really polished pass catcher. You know, I, I'm not so sure if I see him being like the complete tight end. Like he's I, FCS Michael Meyer. But at that level, like he gets open, he catches everything. He's a mismatch for linebackers. He's too strong for for defensive backs, and he's just savvy. Like he demonstrated a a great knowledge. You know that South Dakota State offense. A lot of it is you know, getting out and, and creating an improvisation. He just demonstrated consistently, like, oh, I'm just going to drop back a couple of yards here, sit behind the line, but, oh, I'm wide open all of a sudden, and it's a 30-yard catch. Right. Like, he just, right. he just has such a savviness to him that I really feel like he was one of the most underestimated keys in that South Dakota State run. Obviously, went on and won the FCS National Championship. I got to see that offense in person in 2021, and that physicality was for real, man. That's a program that is producing some NFL guys I almost put Cameron Latu of Alabama ahead of him. I think his abilities as a pass catcher are kind of only, we've only scratched the surface there. He didn't get to do a ton of it at Alabama. But in some really big games over these last couple of years, he made some big plays for the Crimson Tide. Uh, so he'd probably be my biggest sleeper. I'd throw Sam Laporta out of Iowa as well. But to me, those top seven guys are a clear cut above everybody else. Right. Yeah, uh, I liked Kraft. I remember, I think I covered that, uh, not with you, but I think we did yeah. a post-game show we for that Rams yeah. game uh, against South Dakota State, and he stood out to me for sure. Yeah. Uh, remembered him. I thought Cameron Latu was fine. I just think that there are other players, he doesn't obviously. Flash as much. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, as a solid, like, um, I don't know, fourth, fifth round pick. Right, exactly. Right. You right. get a great player. Um, you're not going to build an offense around Cameron Latu. He does get open. He's got some athleticism to his game. I just wish he would show it a lot more. His route running leaves a lot to be desired. Yes, he's sure. not super polished there. His hands are solid, but, I mean, he's he's raw. Like, you like the tools there, but he, he's definitely the rawest out of this group. And as much as I do like some of his upside, I'm not sure his floor is quite that of these other guys we've talked right. about. Right. I love me some Brent Cuthy, but he's been injured, like, yeah. freshman year. I was, like, already penciling him in as a guy who, for the 22 class, who's going to be a stud. He's a move tight end. He's really good. He just has hardly been healthy at all the last yeah. two years. It's maybe hard three evaluation years. It's impossible. you don't know what you're getting. It's yeah. impossible. And I don't know if you want to touch on Schoonmaker or any other sleepers uh, you've got. Schoonmaker's a solid guy. I mean, he's another one of those just all-around Michigan tight ends. I don't think he was their best tight end. I think that was Eric All. He transferred to Iowa, though, hooking back up with... Um, uh, right, right, right. The, uh, the quarterback. I, Cade McNamara. Yes, Jesus. thank you. Um, so he's a solid guy. He's kind of in that law two range for me where you'll get a solid, like, day three tight end out of him. Um, if I could, could we go back to Luke Musgrave real quick? Please. Throw it out there real quick. Um, my issues with him is I just don't – he – I was caught between thinking, man, he should just become, like, a big slot yeah. and stay at tight end because the blocking – at first, I was unimpressed. It got better as the more I watched. He also has a medical thing. He only played two games last year. It looked like he did something bad to his knee in the end of this uh, Fresno State game. Uh, was holding it like a play at eight seconds left. They threw him the ball in the end zone. Just this year. Up, this year. Comes yeah. up holding his knee. We didn't see him again after that. Um, he's more like long and big, though, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Agreed. So when it comes to him blocking, I do kind of worry about that because it does seem like he's trying to get you know smaller to try and block down. Use that um, length instead. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then they brought in 81 as a blocking tight end more than him. So that's, I mean, as a passing guy, love it. 
yeah. as, a, as an all-around tight end to be like a chess piece in your offense. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the difference, right, between whether it's Musgrave or Kraft or Latu of Alabama. It's like, yeah, there's a lot to like there, but it's not with Mayer or Washington or Kincaid where you feel like right. I, I think they can pretty much do it all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I think Musgrave has some sneaky upside as, a, as a receiver. You know, like he was such a big part of that offense. Yep. Final top fives then, so we make so sure we have the order correct. Final top fives for me. I've got Dalton Kincaid at one, Michael Mayer two, Darnell Washington three, Sam Laporta four, Luke Musgrave five. I've got Michael Mayer one, Darnell Washington two, Dalton Kincaid three, Luke Musgrave four, Tucker Craft five. And I've got Darnell Washington one, Dalton Kincaid two, Michael Mayer three, Luke Musgrave four, and Sam Laporta five. Love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We are live from Breckenridge Brewery. Our longtime partners have so much love for them. Thank you for yes. hooking us up. Amazing. Sincerely, Breck, you yes. are the best. Check out breckbrew.com. Find that Breck Beer locator. Shout out DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code DNVR when you sign up. I'm Justin. For Jake, for Dre, this is the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Much love, y'all. Peace.